Welcome to Divorce Right, HR solutions for divorce in the workplace. I'm your host, Vicki Townsend, and welcome to the show for HR directors, managers, and department heads looking for solutions for their divorcing employees. Divorce is the second highest life stressor coming in just slightly behind death of a loved one. From presenteeism to absences and everything in between, divorcing employees cost our country billions of dollars each year in lost productivity. In this show, you'll learn how you can help your employees through this very challenging life event. So join us every Monday where we dive into the state-of-the-art techniques, tips, and real-world solutions for divorcing employees in the workplace. You'll meet thought leaders from the divorce and the human resources industries from across the country. You'll hear from industry giants in the fields of mental health, legal matters, finance, issues with children, and so much more to help you help your employee through this incredibly challenging life event. So put it on your calendar and learn how you can make this process a better one for your team. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Vicki Townsend, and I'm the founder and president of Divorce Right. Here at Divorce Right, we provide training for HR professionals and company supervisors, and we provide divorce coaching and case management for your divorcing employees. And I want to introduce you to Paulette Rigo, a certified divorce coach, a certified divorce specialist, credentialed mediator, and director of coaching and management here at Divorce Right. And together, we tackle the biggest disruptor in your company, divorce. And today, we have another expert that provides relief for your divorcing employees by way of something you may feel is a negative, but it can very much be a positive for your employees. And that is bankruptcy. And today, we're going to be talking to my friend and special guest, Stephen Orchard. Stephen is a sole practitioner in Boca Raton concentrating his practice on representation of individuals and small businesses facing tough financial circumstances in Broward and Palm Beach counties in Florida. His experience includes representation of hundreds of individuals and businesses through the bankruptcy process resulting in Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 discharges and confirmed small Chapter 11 plans. He's a member of the Florida Bar and authorized to practice in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida and the United States District Court for the Middle District of Florida. He's an active member of the National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys, a national organization dedicated to serving the needs of consumer bankruptcy attorneys and protecting the rights of consumer debtors in bankruptcy. Stephen was recognized as an outstanding young owl by the Florida Atlantic University Alumni Association, Go Owls, for his achievements and is routinely invited to FAU's business law classes as a guest lecturer on the topic of bankruptcy law. He handles bankruptcy, civil litigation, foreclosure and foreclosure defense, and landlord and tenant matters. And the reason that we've invited him here today is because Stephen brings a very uh, a different perspective, at least it opened my eyes, for why someone going through a divorce may want to file bankruptcy. So, Stephen, welcome. And let's Thanks for start having off. me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. So let's start off with bankruptcy and divorce. Bankruptcy has this terrible reputation. It represents total loss of financial control. It carries a huge negative energy to the person filing but I've heard you before, and I know that there are some positive things that can come from filing bankruptcy in certain scenarios. So let's start the conversation by talking about that. Sure. Uh, again, thank you for having me here today. 
I'm excited for the opportunity and glad I can give you a fresh perspective. And uh, I think you're right. There is such a negative connotation to bankruptcy. You know, uh, let there be no doubt. Obviously, consequences to bankruptcy. Nobody wants to file a bankruptcy case. But in my experience in working particularly with uh, divorcing individuals or individuals who've recently been divorced, the bankruptcy itself can have just tremendous impact um, in so many different areas of an individual's life. Um, you know, it's a time in someone's life when they are receiving phone calls at all hours of the day, what it seems, you know, from creditors and credit card companies looking for money that people just don't have when they're going through this, uh, this problem. Um, worse yet, there are process servers to the door and, you know, lawsuits are flying. It's a very stressful and difficult time. So the bankruptcy is going to give some clarity to what can otherwise be a chaotic situation. Uh, it automatically stops the phone calls, it stops litigation, and it provides an individual with an opportunity for a fresh start. Um, and that's really what individuals are looking for in a divorce anyways, is they're looking for a fresh start, looking to begin a new chapter of their life uh, without their former spouse. And the bank is going to assist the individual in starting that next phase of their life without the burden of overwhelming debt, without the burden of uh, constant harassment from creditors, and actually give the individual an opportunity to rebuild their life and rebuild their credit and start that new path. Wow, that's a so so um, so. Give us some scenarios on where on how and and why this would be a good choice. Sure. So, in, generally speaking, you know, obviously bankruptcy is not uh, limited to divorcing individuals, but I do see very frequently that um, divorce and bankruptcy and financial issues tend to go hand in hand. But some of the major reasons that I would uh, be looking at a bankruptcy for an individual would be if they have overwhelming credit card debt, if they've indicated um, as many people now who are kind of coming back from uh, the experience we had with COVID, you know, heading back to work, um, a lot of financial aid programs have, have ceased operations. So a lot of people are now looking at um, overwhelming credit that that they had sort of ignored been able to ignore for a good amount of time so that is that is a major reason you know somebody kind of sees the writing on the wall that they have a tremendous amount of credit card debt paying the minimum monthly payments just is never going to get them out of it uh that's a, a good point in time actually where i can begin a discussion with an individual because we'll have more options at that point in time we're not forced into any particular uh course of action but Oftentimes, I'll see individuals who are facing foreclosure. Again, uh, we've been relatively fortunate over the past few years uh, with the way the finances have worked out and COVID and relief uh, that foreclosures haven't been as prevalent as they once were. But, you know, that that may be changing very quickly here. And bankruptcy uh, can be a very helpful tool to anybody that is facing foreclosure, particularly if they want to try and keep their home. Um, foreclosure, you know, is, is a process that's judicial here in the state of Florida. Uh, so a bankruptcy would stop a foreclosure at whatever stage that it's at and give an individual an opportunity 
to sort of figure out what they're really going to do and hopefully try and save their home. Um, I'll often see people who have neglected their financial circumstances and have been sued and have still just kind of ignored what's happening until they have some type of a garnishment on their bank account or their wages. So that is a, is an important trigger for an individual to make the decision to file for bankruptcy because once they've realized, you know, I've ignored this situation until I got to this point, but now if part of my wages are being withheld or I can't access my bank account, I've got a major problem and bankruptcy would be helpful for that situation. Um, I've also worked with a lot of individuals who have had a business failure. So many small businesses acquire personal guarantees operations. So whether it's personally guaranteeing a lease or other business obligations, um, if that business fails, then the individual who is standing behind the business is often left with a very large business that they just simply can't afford to repay. So a bankruptcy is a really good option at eliminating that debt and uh, helping the individual to move on so that they can move forward with a fresh start. Um, those are some of the major reasons that, um, you know, bankruptcy comes my way, but unfortunately I've worked with clients for all different kinds of reasons. Divorce is near the top, um, an inability to work due to illness, unfortunately medical bills, um, a lot of times prevent somebody from moving forward financially. If they've, uh, had an illness, or, you know, family illness that's kept somebody out of work or has uh, piled on medical bills, oftentimes that is a trigger for somebody to seek a bankruptcy consultation. Um, I've, I've had, unfortunately, death of spouses. So when income is, is cut off very suddenly, uh, that can lead to financial distress. But, the, you know, those are really some of the top reasons that I think people will consult me as a bankruptcy attorney. And uh, we'll go over their options. So, Stephen, much of the work I do is a divorce coach and a mediator, depending on which hat I'm wearing. And, of course, the director of coaching and management at Divorce Right is to walk through the fire with these people to help them make smart choices. And a lot of it is education, right? Because, well, unless you've gotten divorced 93 times before, how the heck do you know what you're doing? And unless you've gotten, you know, gone through bankruptcy a few times, then how would you know how to do that either, right? So I see a lot of the roles that you and I play are similar uh, in the sense of educating them about what, what this process might look like and why it would be advantageous. But I know that much of the work I do is helping them deal with understanding what the courts really care about. And, and if it, if it is divorce, then it's uh, the division of marital assets, but it's also the division of marital debt, right? And when you talk about assets, it's all the things we own that, you know, people get attached to, of course, the house, the cars, the checking, the savings, the pension, the 401k, all the things, you know, we work so hard for over the course of a marriage, but they forget about, hmm, like you mentioned, tax ramifications or tax bills, credit cards, 
student loans. Um, my goodness, debt comes in all forms and, and stages and also the mortgage, right? So that's a big one. And you mentioned the foreclosure possibility. But so educating them about what the debt looks like, but then they don't really want to deal with that part. It's, oh, well, is that, do the courts really need to get involved in that? And I'm not sure that the courts want to get involved, right? But it's part of the divorce decision making. And as soon as I'm educating them about, well, this is what the division of the marital assets might work work with, or what what do you want to do about that? And then we, of course, turn the conversation to how do you want to handle the debt? You know, one person is finger pointing and says, well, she spent all the money and she should have to take on the burden of that debt. Or of course, the finger pointing goes to, well, here, you know, depending on the marriage, um, they spent all that money. I didn't even know they spent that money and I shouldn't be liable for it. But what they don't realize is, well, marital assets are marital and marital debt is well marital. So as an expert, as a bankruptcy attorney, do you find that they're not aware of these problems? Do you have to do a lot of educating? And the amount of stress that I see when we start to talk about money, how do you um, see them coming to you individually as a couple? Is most of your work education? I'm fascinated to learn more about it myself. And I see bankruptcy and the financial debt part is a serious stressor. Um, I try and educate clients on every aspect of the case. And there, yeah, there are processes and procedures that if you read about it, you know, unfortunately, we live, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, we live in a day and age where information is accessible mind very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the worst things somebody can do, in my opinion, when they're thinking about bankruptcy is go and read all of the articles and, and some of the stories about happened to people in bankruptcy because every bankruptcy case is like a snowflake. It's very unique. Um, so the circumstances really warrant individual attention. It warrants uh, time to actually realize everything that goes into the case. And a big component of it, Paulette, is education. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody says I have financial problems, they may not know precisely what that problem is. They just know I can't do this or it's not working the way that I'm, I'm doing right now. So my responsibility and my job is to kind of dissect that and find out what the root of the issue is. How can we fix it? And frankly, uh, one of my responsibilities is can I find a way to keep the parties out of bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. Uh, bankruptcy is really always my last resort. So I, I call it the waterfall approach where I start at the top and I see if there's a way that we can keep individuals from filing a bankruptcy case. And if at any point we can do that, that's the preferred option. But, you know, obviously if bankruptcy is the, the last resort, that's the way that we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned something else interesting too, and I think it kind of goes into the timing of, of a bankruptcy case. And I get this general question a lot. Should I file for divorce first and finalize that, or should I file for bankruptcy first? Uh, and it's a really good question. Um, the truth is, it really can happen either way. But you raised a good point too, Paulette, when you said we're sitting at you know maybe mediation where we're divvying up marital debt, and each side probably knows you know I may not be able to pay this, or this is going to present a problem down the road. And our goal here is that we don't want the parties to be back 
unnecessarily in the family law court fighting over an issue that could have been resolved pretty easily before, you know, before mediation. So if I can analyze the circumstances before the divorce is the case is filed, I may be able to eliminate a significant amount of debt or at least kind of compartmentalize what's important, what's not, what we handle after the bankruptcy so that you, so that the parties don't have to spend the time at mediation. So they're not spending the mediator's time. They're not spending their attorney's time and money in kind of divvying up uh, an obligation that they both are not going to be able to abide by anyways. So I can at least provide some clarity if we're not finalizing case beforehand and eliminating this stuff, then we do it after the case is over, but at least we've kind of compartmentalized. And when you expect bankruptcies well is if we do a situation where we have you know a couple that is contemplating divorce, we can do a joint bankruptcy case filing for that couple. Uh, obviously there's a level of cooperation with them. So if it's just one of the situations where they're too far gone, this won't work. And I know what you just said was really amazing and I don't know if it's on your end or my end or just what, but could you repeat what you just said again, I, I, I know you probably can't remember, right? But you just said, Ooh. you know, something was really profound. And um, I've heard you speak about it before, so I could fill in the blanks. But if you wouldn't mind repeating that again, just because you were cutting in and out. Sure. I, I think um, hopefully I'm not cutting in and out now, but I think uh, I was talking about the time of the bankruptcy case and, you know, whether it's before or after the divorce proceeding, which comes first. And it, it really, uh, it depends on the situation. It, it can be either, but the, the, the bankruptcy before the divorce can be beneficial um, because it can eliminate some issues that would come up at mediation. It would eliminate some issues that would come up at trial. These things later on, uh, if we have a marital debt that neither party is really realistically going to pay, there isn't much sense spending the court's time or the attorney's time or the mediator's time in allocating that debt or figuring out who's going to pay it because inevitably it ends up before the family law court later on when one party doesn't pay. Um, so it, it makes sense of security. Everybody walks out of their divorce saying, well, I'm okay because my ex is paying credit card. If the ex doesn't pay the credit card, you're right back into this situation. So. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of times, if we've handled that before the divorce case proceeds, that's one less issue that has to be addressed through the case. And, and Paulette had said, you know, there, who's, who's dead is part of the case and, you know, how do we handle that? Um, and that's, I think it's important that we address that as we possibly can. And if we can do it before divorce case is filed, I've either eliminated debt and there's no longer a need to address it in the divorce case. We've at least kind of compartmentalized it as important debt. You know, how can we do this? What can we actually do after the case is over? If we do go into a bankruptcy, then are we going to restructure or eliminate through that process? Mm. I just worked on a case where there was a tremendous amount of debt in the, in the case. Uh, every, pretty much everything they owned had some 
loan, note, you name it on it. There wasn't, they didn't really own anything full out. Even this glass would have had some, you know, like it was like crazy. I I hadn't really seen anything like this. It was, I hate this word, but I'm going to say unprecedented. So it was unprecedented for me to see that kind of thing, but we handled it they agreed to handle it well, where they agreed to pretty much liquidate as much as they possibly could to either sell, unload, and and get rid of the majority of everything. And I knew that if they could agree to that, that they could then write an agreement that was much more of a clean break so that they could take what little assets they had left and eliminate the debt because of that bankruptcy was going to be a huge next step that they would have had to have taken. As you said, do I file for the bankruptcy first or do I file for the divorce first? And it's, you know, catch 22 depends on the case and how amicable and how much they too feel like they can speak to each other about it without finger pointing and saying, listen, we're in this together, right? We got married together. If we're going to divorce, we need to divorce together. You also mentioned eloquently that, you know, you're not pro-bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is always the last choice, right? I mean, if there's something we can do to eliminate that from having to be the one and only solution and and much of the the, uh, decision about divorce too. Once you've made a decision, there's not a lot you can do. You can't take it back, right? Like you can't call the courts and say, just kidding. I don't really want to file that bankruptcy. We were just playing around with a few legal documents here. And, you know, divorce too, it's, it's a big decision and you need to make sure that you have all of the answers and options and you know resources to you to be able to make the wise choice it's it's a big decision and eliminating as much of that preliminary work may be able to save them future enforcement modification and compliance issues yeah uh, great i mean you you're analyzing entirely the correct way um it's ironic that you know we have two parties who have made this decision to separate. So obviously there is, you know, a reconcilable differences is the standard. So there's something that they can't overcome, but what we're asking them is to come together at this time and to figure it out, you know, how they're going to move forward. And mm-hmm. ironically, I, I, I do consider that part of my, job. I think it's human nature where, you know, whether it's divorce, bankruptcy, litigation of any kind, uh, emotions run very high. It's I'm going to get the other side and I'm going to win. And sometimes it takes a step back and realize that you win by cooperating. You win by having it done and having it over with. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's, you know, compromise is a dirty word in our society now. But I think that if if we've got the right professionals uh, helping individuals through this process, then compromise is going to be a big component mm-hmm. of everybody's success. A hundred percent. If if they if the parties can agree that you know things have gotten so bad that we are divorcing, let's come together at this critical moment and let's figure out how we are going to handle these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be to everybody's benefit down the road. Maybe not my divorce attorney friends that might be watching this because if they're losing <laughs> billable hours, they might be upset. So sorry. But, uh, you know, that's it's that's the truth of the matter. That, that they still it, have to do the paperwork, Stephen, so don't worry. They still do. They still do. 
let's take those same couples that have those decisions and now take them into work. Like how does bankruptcy and divorce affect their other aspects of their life, right? They're either they're a business owner, right? Many people are entrepreneurs, but we're have a corporation, have a business. Uh, businesses can also file for bankruptcy, right? We, we see of those course. signs in New York city on the roads that you're like, you know, liquidation, bankruptcy sale. And of course they'd be still be open nine years later, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Wink, wink, right? And so then, you know, they, or they're an employee and they've got all this stress having to deal with that. How, do, how does it affect them in their job and in their career? It's, it's a great point. Um, when, when somebody comes to me, I, I consider it being at one of the lowest points of their life, the mental state. Um, the impact that overwhelming debt has on individuals is, uh, it, you can't calculate it. Uh, it, uh, it leads to major distraction during the day. It leads to sickness. I'm off of work. Um, you know, I, I have clients telling me all the time that their phone is ringing off the hook with bill collectors. So I imagine somebody sitting at their office desk or, you know, if it's a sales job out on a call, and then every five seconds their cell phone is ringing from a bill collector. So even if you, you know, we all know it, even if you get that call, turn it off. It throws you off your game a little bit and distracts you and your mind wanders. What was that about? What's happening? Oh yeah, I've got this problem. Mm -hmm. So I I think that it is a tremendous weight on somebody's mind when they have debt like this. Um, So my thought on this is if there's any way that we can eliminate stress, it is going to help an individual with their productivity. It's going to help with focus. It's going to help so that, you know, listen, is defending themselves in litigation as credit card companies or have wages garnished, they are going to be missing work uh, and, and again, majorly distracted when they are at work. So from, from this perspective, I think it's important that we have clarity. So many times I get the phone call, even just three, four days after I've filed a case for somebody, the calls have stopped. I feel better. Thank you. Um, and I think that that has a tremendous impact. Just knowing that things are on the right path is so important to somebody's emotional uh, and mental well-being. I, I, I don't think we could even calculate how tremendous an effect um, you know, debt has upon an individual during their day-to-day operations, how distracting it can be, and, and how beneficial it'll be once this issue is resolved for somebody. And if you're running your own business, forget about it. You know, you, you need to be present 24-7 in this day and age. And if you're distracted for even a moment or you've got to turn your attention to something else, um, you know, your business is in peril. Stephen, thank you so much. I, you know what? So, so what I love about this conversation is that we've taken something that is typically, A, scary and carries that, you know, that negative energy that hopefully what we've showed today is that there is good that filing bankruptcy can do and it's valuable to everyone and makes their, you know, is it the, is it the first choice? Absolutely not. And if we can help them, people like you that help them make different decisions and um, go go about this differently, um, I think that's incredibly valuable. But this is an option it is not the first option, but it's an option. And it does 
divorce does come with this as a potential and almost all divorces that I've seen that there are financial difficulties and tremendous debt. Um, and this gives them an opportunity to structure their lives differently, live differently and start over differently. So thank you, Stephen, so much for being with us today. And why don't you just um, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you um, there in sunny South Florida. Oh, one last question that I do want to ask before we go this is a federal issue, yes, or is it state-specific? It's it's a federal issue. There is a state component to it when it comes to what's called exemptions, the reason that you can keep personal property or real property. But that's another part of analysis that I go through, and that's a determining factor. You know, we're not going to file a bankruptcy case necessarily if somebody has assets that they're going to use. That, so that's kind of my waterfall approach. If I get to that point with somebody and they've got – an asset that they would lose in a bankruptcy, we're thinking long and hard about filing the case before, you know, so that maybe we can use that asset in a different way and keep you out of bankruptcy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm. So given- thank you for having me. You said uh, ways to contact me. The best way is through my website, which is orchardlaw.com. Uh, the, you know, there's, there's feature there that uh, you'll have the ability to contact my office. That's got the phone number and everything as well. Uh, I'm a sole practitioner, so I typically am the one that handles everything from soup to nuts. So the first phone call, client consultation, all the way through the process, which kind of goes into that component of uh, being compassionate and educating the client. So I do everything. So I'd be happy to speak with uh, anybody that you might know that's having financial difficulties. It's a complimentary consultation the first time, uh, doing it in person, over Zoom or over the phone, whatever everybody's most comfortable with. So Again, thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate uh, appreciate the time. Have known Stephen for many years now, so highly recommend him if this should be a path that you or your employees need to take. So thank you again, Stephen. And we will see you all next week with another uh, LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, where we discuss the impact of divorce on companies and their employees. So thank you all so much for being here. Paulette, thank you so much for being an amazing co-host with me. And we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on Divorce Right, HR Solutions for Divorce in the Workplace. If you know someone who would benefit from something you've learned today, please share this with them. And if you found value, please leave us a review.